Welcome to The Pump Spot. I'm Amy Van Heron, and we are here to share nourishing conversations about the journey we all take to feed our families and our careers. This conversation explores all the ways we give and receive the gift of breast milk. Lisa sat down with Abby Malman Case of Mother's Milk Bank and Mother's Milk Bank Baby Cafe in Denver, Colorado for an inspiring and educational conversation about the life-giving world of milk donation. Abby is a mom of two, an international board-certified lactation consultant, and a vital part of our pump spotting family. Abby shares her story with Lisa and her lifelong passion for helping mothers give and receive the gift of nourishment. Thank you for supporting the Pump Spot as a platform to uplift, educate, and bring mamas together. Enjoy this conversation with Lisa and Abby. Welcome, Abby. We are so excited to have you on the podcast today. Abby is from Mother's Milk Bank in Colorado, and I will let her introduce herself. But we have a history of bringing Barb to your location and meeting and greeting moms in your community. And so what a treat to have you on kind of a virtual couch today, if you will. So Abby, can you tell all of our community who you are and where you are from? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Lisa. I am so excited and honored to be on this podcast. It was about a year ago that I met Amy and got to hang out on Barb for almost the whole day when Barb made an appearance at Mother's Milk Bank. And it was so wonderful just bringing together our community of milk bank donors and recipients, as well as just moms and families in the community to celebrate and acknowledge breastfeeding and pumping. So thank you so much for having me. So my name is Abby Malman Case. I am an international board certified lactation consultant, and I am the donor relations manager at Mother's Milk Bank. So I help facilitate the process of donors being able to donate their extra milk. And it is just a job that I never even knew existed, but I am so grateful for as it really is a passion of mine. I absolutely love that because you play a crucial role in matching this whole breastfeeding journey for a lot of different families and mothers. I would love to know more about a milk bank in general. Let's kind of come at this conversation from the standpoint of some of our community might not even know that this is a resource. And so from your role perspective as the coordinator, what does that look like for a mom who has extra milk. So we get calls every day of women who have an extra amount of milk that they're interested in donating. There's a lot of ways that somebody might come to find out about milk donation or make that first call. Sometimes it's even the husband or the partner that is looking in the freezer and wanting to make some space for their own food for their family. And so sometimes we'll get them that makes the first call, which is always great. We always love that. We have to go through the process with the person who pumped the milk so that we can get their full health history. But we have a lot of different ways that moms come to donate, especially now with the coronavirus. We've actually had a lot of plans change, as we all know. And there are vacations that have changed, vacation plans. There are back-to-work plans that have changed. 
So a lot of times a mom is pumping from the very beginning after her baby is born and getting ready and anticipating that need of going back to work and needing to feed her baby um, that pumped milk. And with this, plans have changed. And so she now is at home with her baby and no longer needing that. But oftentimes moms are just pumping more than their baby needs. And so they are still able to pump and have enough milk for their baby. And then they recognize that they have more to give. And so that's when they call the milk bank. And can you walk me through the process? What happens when they call the milk bank? How do you go through that health history? What does that look like to qualify to be a donor? So the process can look very intimidating on paper, especially if a mom is going to our website and seeing all of the steps that are involved. First and foremost, we wanna make sure that we have the safest milk that we are dispensing to the population who receives it, which is medically fragile premature babies. They're the top priority. So they are the ones in the hospital. We send the milk to neonatal intensive care units and they then dispense it to the most medically fragile, often 24, 25, 26-week babies. And so we think about them first and foremost. Those are our bosses, if you will. In that process, it starts with a verbal screening, a phone interview. So a mom would call and we would go over a pretty thorough eligibility criteria on the phone. But it's also about building that trust and relationship because we want moms to feel comfortable in their choice to donate. And we want them to feel comfortable that their milk is going to be handled with love and care as that's you know how they pump their milk. And so we really take good care of the milk once it's received. And so first we want to go through that eligibility screening. So it's a 10 to 15 minute phone call. So a mom is able to call the milk bank and we go through that. We also have an option for donors to look on our website and kind of do a little bit of that self-screening ahead of time. So we have our eligibility on our website. So some things that come up in the eligibility guidelines are health history, medications. There are some medications that are compatible with donating, but many are not. And so that's one thing to look at. And if anybody has any questions as they're going through that, we encourage them to call us. There are a lot of herbal supplements and herbal teas that are not accepted with donation. So we just always encourage if moms or donors have any questions to give us a call. So after that verbal screening and we go through that, if a mom is eligible and we feel like it's a good fit for both the mom and the milk bank to move forward, we then send a donor screening form. So this is sent through email. And if a mom does not have access to a computer or she's in the NICU and is not able to fill that out online, we can absolutely facilitate filling that out on a paper form. So we can either fax if she's going to be staying at the hospital for an extended period of time. We always work with healthcare providers and we really want to make this process as easy as possible for our donors. So there are so many different circumstances and situations that I can think of where we've worked with donors to help facilitate this process. So there is the donor screening form, which typically takes about 20 to 30 minutes to fill out. And it's similar to 
a health history form you fill out when you're going to, you know, your doctor and you kind of go through your health history. We go over if there's been any illness in um, the donor or the household while the milk has been pumped. We go over medications. We go over what the birth looked like, if it was vaginal or cesarean. And so it is really, really thorough. And then we also go over the blood banking guidelines that we follow. So if a donor knows for sure that she is not eligible to donate blood and has tried to donate blood and is not eligible, we go over those questions as well. And so after that, once she finishes filling that out, then she hits submit on her computer and we receive it back on our end. We have a team of lactation specialists that review every single one of those. There's a team of four of us and we all look at each one. We want to make sure that, you know, everybody's human and we want to make sure we don't miss anything. So we have multiple, multiple checks every step of the way. And if then her screening form looks good, we then move her to the next part of the process, which is to have consent forms filled out by her provider and her baby's provider, and then a blood screen that's done. And so there is no cost to the donor for any of this. And we work with each owner individually to find out what the best option is of going to get that blood work done. And the blood work is just testing for infectious diseases. We're looking at HTLV1 and 2, HIV, hepatitis B, hepatitis C, and then syphilis. So we're reviewing all of that. So again, it's a very, very extensive process. We do this to ensure that the milk is as safe as possible for the babies, but we really do walk donors through every step of the way. And after we get the blood work back, we review the file again for approval, and then we contact the potential donor to let her know that she's been accepted. That is an incredible process. And my thoughts on it all are, wow, there are so many details. I think that could get overwhelming. Like you said, if I'm reviewing this on your website, all of the criteria as a mom who could donate, but it makes so much sense. This milk has to be safe for those fragile babies that it's going to get to. Can you talk to me about how your relationship works with these NICUs or how you get the milk to where it is needed most? So we have over 170 hospitals around the country that we send it to. And we also have donation and outreach centers, which are often located in the hospitals. So it is this relationship where we have hospitals who are receiving milk, but then they also operate as a donation center. So it really does become this integral part in the community, especially in those rural communities where donor milk might be a little bit like harder to access. And so looking at that, if a family does have a baby born prematurely, knowing that they have donor milk in the hospital, and then often it comes full circle where they have their baby and their baby's born early and a mom is needing to supplement her own milk with donor milk, but then later on goes to have a full supply. Those are often the stories that we hear almost every day of then those women coming back and donating and it goes right back into the community. That is the most beautiful circle of breast milk life. (laughs) that I could hear. I love that. And part of it is because I don't know those details of this and why we're so excited to highlight all of this for our community. I think it's going to give so much insight and information and also resources to those mothers who might need it. 
What if a mother is not in the NICU with a baby whose life is fragile and finds herself needing and wanting to supplement in various ways? How could they get connected with you as a resource or a milk bank or donor milk of this kind? So Mother's Milk Bank is part of the Human Milk Banking Association of North America. They help with our guidelines, and we are all sister milk banks under Humbana, under that umbrella. So with that information, it depends on where the family is located. So they might have a milk bank in their community, or they might not. So since there are 29 other milk banks, other Humbana milk banks in the United States and Canada... I always encourage families to go to the Humbana website to find out if there's a milk bank that's closest to them. That goes for receiving, but also for donating as well. And so there are often cases where a mom has her baby and maybe that that her baby was born full term, but her milk is taking a little bit longer to transition and she is needing to supplement. Then knowing that she can have access to this donor milk really is this bridge that we know provides such a sense of relief during those early days, early weeks of knowing that her baby is getting donor milk and her breast milk. And so with those situations, those families would need to get a prescription from the pediatrician and then call the milk bank. And we are absolutely able to dispense outpatient milk. That's what we call it. And so a family, if they're local to the Denver area where our milk bank is, would be able to come and pick that up. We're also able to ship it. And so the first step would just be looking at the Humbana website, finding the closest milk bank, and then getting in touch to find out the specific process for that milk bank to get milk for that family. I love that they could pick it up or that you could ship it. I have personal experience shipping milk, and I think there's something really magical about transferring milk to one another in these ways and having it reach your babies. And so I love that. I want to take a step back though. When you told me the number of hospitals that you are connected with, that is a lot. And to me, that sounds like a lot of babies that could be in need, a lot of moms who could rely on this resource. Can you talk to me about the number of ounces? How much milk in a week or a month? How many babies are you helping? Like, Let's give the landscape of the size and impact of Mother's Milk Bank. So I think it's really great to highlight that a 24-week-old, let's just start there, in 24 hours, the average amount of donor milk that that baby would have um, in a day is one ounce. So looking at that and looking at what Mother's Milk Bank dispensed last year, we dispensed 740,000 ounces of milk, (laughs) which is a lot of babies. (laughs) Yes. Can I interject? That is a huge number. I just want to echo that as a adequate and under producer, that amount of ounces feels out of this world. I have been a part of Mother's Milk Bank for the last three and a half years. And I also volunteered at Northwest Mother's Milk Bank years ago before moving to Denver. And it brings tears to my eyes to think about all of the women who are donating and all of the babies who are receiving that and their families who are just so grateful. And I think that's a big piece of it is it really is this community of support 
it's this community of a mom receiving donor milk and then that coming full circle. And it really is just amazing how generous our donors are. So in a month, we typically get about 70,000 ounces of milk. And so when you think about that, you think about the screening that goes into every donor. We also have a lab where we're pasteurizing all of this milk, which is the other important aspect of ensuring the safety of pasteurized donor human milk. Our lab team is just incredible. They operate 40 hours a week where they are just in there for 10 hours a day. They do uh, four days now, and they are just pasteurizing and testing that milk. Okay. Walk me through this in a little more detail. So the mom becomes a donor. She's approved to become a donor and the milk comes in your door and the lab takes over. I want to start by saying that um, the milk has to be frozen and we are able to take milk prior to calling the milk bank. So if a mom has been storing milk up in anticipation of going back to work or is just pumping and that's just part of her breastfeeding journey or exclusively pumping and recognizes that she has enough milk to give, then she can absolutely call us. And as long as she meets the eligibility criteria and there wasn't, you know, she wasn't taking medications or there wasn't any illness during that time, we are able to take previously stored milk. And so when she is approved, she is then able to send the milk to the milk bank. And there are a few ways that it can get to the milk bank. So if she's local, we love having drop-offs. We love getting to meet our donors. Right now we're doing contactless curbside pickups, but in normal conditions, we often give tours and our whole team meets the donor. And it really is wonderful after we've had so much communication on the phone and um, over email. So if a donor is local, she's able to drop off at the milk bank. And we also have our donation and outreach centers where she's able to drop off at the hospital or a local WIC office, or if there's a breastfeeding boutique, if they're a donation center, then the mom is able to drop off there and then they ship it to the milk bank. If she's in the NICU, they can facilitate that as well. Or if she is not close to one of our donation and outreach centers or local to our area, then we are able to do a self-ship option. Again, no cost to the donor where we send a box with a cooler and an ice pack and a prepaid shipping label. She's then able to package up her milk and send it to the milk bank. We also have a courier option for the local donors as well. If it is challenging to get out of the house, often with a newborn or with a newborn and older children, we have that courier option as well. So again, just highlighting, we really want to make this as easy as possible for our donors, as convenient, because we do know this is a it's a process and it's a lot of work to pump the milk and make sure that they're following collection and storage guidelines and all of that. So as far as getting the milk to us, we do want to make that as easy as possible. Once the milk comes to us in one of those various ways, then we receive it and our shipping and receiving department goes through every single bag looking at the donor's chart. Because in the process, let's say a donor was taking a medication for a certain period of time, we would then in the chart indicate the hold periods where we weren't able to take milk from that time. We always let our donors know those dates. So let's say she had mastitis and was taking an antibiotic and that antibiotic required a certain hold period. 
we would then let her know, let's say the two week window where we weren't able to take milk. But we know that things happen. Sometimes there might be milk thrown in the back of the freezer that may have accidentally slipped in. And so our shipping and receiving department is looking at our hold dates and looking at every single bag of milk with the date on it. And if there was a date that was in that window that we aren't able to use, then they set that aside and we don't then pasteurize that. So that's another step in the process to just ensure the safety of the milk, but it also takes a lot of time. Thinking about that shipping and receiving department, looking at that, we're so fortunate to have volunteers and interns who come and that's often something that they can help with that logging of the milk. So again, having all of those bags individually labeled and dated is also really important for our donors to know that that is a requirement and that just helps make sure that the milk is as safe as possible for the babies who receive it. So once that milk is then logged, it's put into our freezer and when the lab is ready to start pasteurizing that, they then take that milk, it's then thawed overnight. Once it's thawed, it's then pooled. So the milk is then pooled together with three to five other donors to make sure since milk composition changes throughout the day, we want to make sure that it is consistent and appropriate for the babies who receive it. Sometimes milk will be higher fat content in the evening hours or the morning hours. And so this just ensures that. And once that milk is then pooled together, it's pasteurized. We use the holder pasteurization technique. It's pasteurized for 30 minutes at 60 and a half degrees Celsius. And, and it's in a kind of a shaken warm bath. So that kind of gets into the science of it all. And once it's pasteurized, it's then sent out again for testing to make sure that there's no, there wasn't any bacterial growth and that it is as safe as possible for the babies who receive it. Friends, we want to take a quick break and remind you of all the places you can connect with us and this lovely pump spotting community. If you're a nursing, pumping, or new mom, or a seasoned mom who just wants to give back, hop on our app. If you're also working or you're part of a company that wants to support breastfeeding employees, then pump spotting at work is for you. Find out more at pumpspotting.com. Tell me more about this community aspect of becoming a milk donor. We at Pump Spotting are fully invested in community because we know that it's very, very hard to do this alone. And if you can rely on someone else to encourage you, to uplift you, to support you, to provide donor milk for you, there's so many ways to provide community in this journey, but we know that it's an integral part in the milk bank. Can you tell me about what your community looks like and maybe even highlight some beautiful stories for us? Yeah. So Mother's Milk Bank started in 1984, and I just want to highlight that. We celebrated our 35th anniversary. Gosh, it's almost two years ago now. So that was really, um, it's just spectacular to see that this milk bank, our milk bank has been doing this for so long and all of the lives that has touched in that 
period of time. Last year, there was a holiday market and we had a breastfeeding and pumping and changing station at this holiday market. It was like a local uh, for local artisans and there were families and we felt it would be really fun to have a booth there, a place where families could come and take a break, change their babies, feed their babies, pump, whatever they needed to do. And so I spent the weekend there and it really kind of changed my perspective of the milk bank. I had known how important this was, but I hadn't had the opportunity to interact with so many people in one place. And it really became clear to me how Mother's Milk Bank really is this integral part in the community. And I had people coming by whose babies had received milk years ago, people who had donated, people who had donated after a loss of their baby and were there with their older children. It was just really beautiful to have so many people come and want to share those stories. And I could spend the entire podcast episode talking about these stories that we hear from our donors. And I have a few that I wanted to highlight. I've been doing this again for over three and a half years, and I get butterflies every single time because knowing the amount of effort and love and care that goes into donating and then reading these stories is just so beautiful. So I have three that I wanted to highlight. So I will go ahead and share those. This donor said, I donated with my first son who was full term. I was lucky enough to have an oversupply that I could share. It was an easy way to help and a good way to clear up space in my freezer. My second baby was born at 26 weeks and is currently in the NICU. I know how important that early breast milk is for preemies. I only weaned my first son three months before my second son's birth, so I quickly went back to a more than full production. My son only consumes a few ounces a day, and the nurses joked that I was making enough for all the babies in the NICU. Pumping has given me a sense of purpose right now when I feel a bit helpless in the care of my son. By donating this early milk, I hope to help more preterm babies. Wow, Abby, that is so powerful. Pumping is giving me a purpose right now. What we hear is that often when babies are in the NICU, moms aren't able to provide a lot of care that they normally would be able to, but knowing that they're getting their milk, they're getting another mother's pasteurized donor milk really does help with that and help ease some of that stress and anxiety. I absolutely love that. Okay. Share the next. So this donor says, with my daughter being born premature and staying in the NICU, we were given donor milk to help her grow. I was so touched by the thought of other women giving their precious milk to help tiny babies like mine that I told myself that if my supply allowed, I would love to give back to help other babies and families. I did not know how this pumping journey would go, and I feel so honored to have more than enough milk for my own daughter. It brings me to tears right now just to think about it. I feel so lucky to have this thriving rainbow baby next to me, and I'm thankful for the boost she received from the breast milk of donors. I am so excited to have the chance to help other families and know that my milk is going to help babies grow. 
the circle of breastfeeding life. I can't even tell you. It's feeding me, pun intended there, in so many ways right now. Oh gosh, this community is so interconnected and that is a vital piece of the breastfeeding experience, no matter what that looks like for a mother. Absolutely. And so I want to share this last story. And then I want to also touch on the baby cafe and the other aspects of community support, because we really are all in this together and it just makes it so much more powerful to be in that together. So this donor says, when I went back to work after my first child, my milk supply suffered, requiring constant power pumping and supplementation with formula through the first year of my daughter's life. With my son, I am no longer a floor RN and instead in a management position that allows me to pump regularly and work from home with my son to nurse more. And this has made my supply excellent. These are such scary times during a pandemic. If there's anything I can do to help new moms through these scary times, especially with a sweet new preemie baby in the world, bring a little bit of hope and help during these hard times. I am so blessed to have such a beautiful, healthy boy, and I can't wait to share my milk wealth. It really is a wealth. And thank you for touching on the fact that COVID-19 has changed some of this situation. It's changed the need. It's changed your drop-off procedures. Really is unprecedented times. But what surpasses all of that is the need. The need doesn't go away and the need for community doesn't go away. And the passion for all of that doesn't either. Abby, tell us more about how Mother's Milk Bank is fostering that community so that you can continue helping mothers on this journey and the donation process. So community is what we are all about. And with that, we are also wanting to change with the times. And I'm so excited to talk a little bit about our Mother's Milk Bank app, which we launched last month. So we've been working on this for the last two years and really wanting to create an app that helps donors connect with their donation. Oftentimes it can be that a donor just drops her milk off and hopes that it gets to the milk bank and there are hundreds and hundreds of ounces just sent off via FedEx. And so we really wanted to create an app that helped donors track their milk through the process and also visually get to see the impact that it has. So Milk Messenger by MMB is an app that allows donors to track how much they're pumping. And then if they get to a certain point and then want to send in milk, they're able to then track it through the process. That is going to help streamline the process. You hit the nail on the head earlier when you said sometimes it's complicated. She can't leave her house with a tiny baby or with a tiny baby and multiple kids at home to drop the milk off. So having it all conveniently in the palm of your hand is incredible. And that's, you know, having community at your fingertips is exactly what the pump spotting app is all about too. So what a cool way to track your journey. Tell me about the baby cafe. And it might look different than it has previously based on COVID-19, but what 
is the baby cafe about and all of the community and connection that you're serving with through that platform. So the Mother's Milk Bank Baby Cafe is a place where moms can come and get free high quality breastfeeding support from a lactation consultant and also support from one another. So oftentimes uh, in the parenting journey, whether it's in the early weeks or even I have a five-year-old and two and a half-year-old, I'm always looking for connection as different stages change. Babies and kids are always changing and doing new things and there are always challenges and amazing things that um, are happening along the way. And having that group to share those with really can make such a difference. And so the Mother's Milk Bank Baby Cafe is open every Friday at the Milk Bank. We have cluster sites as well in different parts of town. And so all of that information, if a mom is local, is on our website. And it's just a place where moms can come in and drop in and know that we are always open. So our hours at the Milk Bank are from 11 to 1 on Fridays. And moms can come and weigh their babies. They can do weight checks. We have a scale and we are able to facilitate a pre and a post feed weight. So oftentimes some of the unknown about breastfeeding is just knowing exactly how much your baby is getting from you. And so getting a little snapshot of that to see. So coming in, weighing your baby, then feeding your baby and weighing your baby again, we're then able to help kind of take a little bit of that unknown out and talk with these moms through that. And then we also facilitate just conversation of the positive and the challenge of every week because every week is different. Every day can be different. And so really fostering that community in person. So for the last three months, since the pandemic started, we have gone to a virtual platform, which has been really cool. We've had people from, we've had the moms who have been coming. We've had moms who are then telling their friends who are coming from out of the area. And we still facilitated it in the same way. So that connection, that mom-to-mom support. Baby Cafe is a national organization. So there are actually 150 baby cafes now around the country. So if there is a listener who is interested in finding a baby cafe in their area, then going to the Baby Cafe website, um, they'd be able to find that. And what makes Baby Cafe unique is that all of the facilitators have the same, um, it's a standardized model of care. So we've had families who have moved, who have gone to a baby cafe in another state and then moved to Colorado and knew what a baby cafe was and knew that it was free, that they could drop in, you don't have to sign up. And so it really is sometimes, again, in the middle of the night where you're needing that breastfeeding support and you're able to find that locally can be really, really helpful. The other really wonderful thing that I love about Baby Cafe is is that it really adapts to each community. So each Baby Cafe follows this same standardized model of care but it's going to look a little bit different depending on the needs of the community outside of their normal scheduled appointments. And so really just adapting to what families are needing is really at the core of what we do. What would you like the pump spotting mothers to know about milk donation as we wrap this up? I think the biggest thing is just knowing that it exists. So sometimes we hear that there's an ick factor in donating milk. And I think by highlighting the process, by highlighting the screening process 
and the pasteurization process, really likening it to donating blood, which everybody is familiar with, and most people don't bat an eye over, can make it more just normalized. So a lot of times, a family might not even know about donor milk. And when they have their baby, they're faced with the decision and the option of needing to supplement and not knowing what their choices are. And so I think by knowing that donor milk is an option, by talking with healthcare providers to find out if there's donor milk available in their hospital that they're planning on delivering at, or how they would go about getting donor milk if they needed it, I think can be really helpful. When families are in that situation, often it is more of an emergent situation. And so just by knowing what options are out there can feel less scary and parents can feel more empowered. And so knowing that it's there, having donor milk, being a part of the whole breastfeeding journey and experience, I think can be really, really helpful and really beneficial in just the overall mission of the Human Milk Banking Association of North America, which is to provide donor milk and have it available for everyone who needs it. I think that is one of the biggest aspects of it is just letting donors know that we're available if you do open up your freezer and have more milk than your baby needs, or if you are now at home pumping more and really wanting to donate to this amazing community and help these babies and these families. It really is just a resource that is available that a lot of people have never heard about or don't know much about. I really hope that this episode shines a light on the full spectrum of the mother who could be involved in this process. Because like you said, we might have someone listening who could open her freezer right now and have an excess, or we might have someone listening who's pregnant and didn't know the right questions to ask or check if her hospital has donor milk availability. And so this conversation has opened up so many insights offering our mothers and community and beyond so, so much valuable information. And I want to thank you dearly for being here and sharing it all. And just for your passion for the moms, for what you do, and for making this milk donation circle of life, if you will, possible. I love it. We always end our interviews here by asking our guests to leave our community with a little bit of something, an uplift or piece of encouragement. And I would love to ask you to send us off with a note. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It has just been such an honor to talk about this work. And I think it's funny when I reflect on my own motherhood journey as growing up, I was never the girl that played with dolls or dreamed about becoming a mom. And here I am doing this work as a lactation consultant, supporting families through this, working at Mother's Milk Bank. And I think the biggest thing that I've recognized about being a mom and working with moms is to really tap into your gut instinct and intuition. And sometimes it can be hard to sift through all of the information that comes at us at all of these different ways. And so I encourage you to sit with what feels right. If something feels good for you and you like doing it and it feels like a good way of mothering, do it. If it doesn't feel like the right fit, don't do it. I think that 
as moms, we become the experts in our own babies. And so knowing your baby, knowing what works for you, I think is the key to just feeling grounded in all of that. And one of the things I've been reflecting on in the last few weeks is just how much becoming a mother felt like coming home to myself. Thank you, Abby, for that piece of gold and for sharing about how to share liquid gold with others as well. We're so grateful, as I said, and we wish you and Mother's Milk Bank the best. When Barb is back on the road someday, we hope to visit you and your baby cafe again. Thank you so much, Lisa, and for the team at the Pump Spot and Pump Spotting and Barb. We cannot wait to be back on board the actual bus. And thank you so much for having us be a part of your community. This has been the Pump Spotting Podcast. We'll be continuing the conversation and hanging out over on our app. We hope you'll come by to share your story and thoughts. And if you haven't already downloaded Pump Spotting, it's quick and easy to set up your profile and join the community. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks to our wonderful production team at Pitchwire, who partner with us to bring you these stories. We'll see you next time. And remember, you are capable, you are radiant, and you are not alone.